as Shannon is getting ready to read our scripture today, I just want to introduce it. I always like to do a little, a little introduction to scripture. And, uh, and the thing about today, which All Saints Day, there are two choices that you can, uh, that you can use. Well, you can, you can use whatever you feel called to use in the Methodist tradition, but there are two lectionary choices, one of which is a continuation of the Sunday readings from Pentecost to Advent, and the other is specially chosen scripture for, for All Saints Day. And I, I decided to go with the, uh, the specific scripture for, for today's liturgy, which is a reading from Revelation, um, which is very fitting because it describes really the saints around God's throne and the Lamb. And, and we can think of God's throne as the Lord's table, too, so it's fitting that we're sharing communion today. Um, and then the reading of the Beatitudes from Matthew, I think may have been chosen because of the line about uh, blessed are those who mourn. But I also think there may be just a bit more to it than that. Because the Beatitudes are really Jesus' version of of the kingdom and how it should be, um, how it should work. When we say the Our Father together and we ask God's kingdom to come, it's really the Beatitudes that we are talking about. And, And what we hope for and what I believe is that when our loved ones die, that is the kingdom that they're dying into and being born into. And, and when we baptize our young, we baptize them into the promise of that kingdom and the commitment to bringing its realization here on earth. So let's hear the word of our Lord. From Revelation 7. After this I looked And there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels stood around the throne, and around the elders, and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, singing, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. Then he said to me, These are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and day and night within God's temple, and the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more, and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And as you're able, please stand for the reading of the gospel. 
Hear these words from Matthew. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. You may be seated. We live in an invisible world. The most important parts of our lives cannot be seen. We cannot see God. We can't see our soul. We can't see love. We can't see truth or honor or dignity. We can't see memories or dreams, gravity or the magnetic pull of earth and sea, our thoughts, our intuitions, our longings. We can't see the deep impressions we make upon one another. We can't see how we are connected to each other, to every living being on the planet, and even even to the stars. But we are nonetheless connected. The invisible world shapes us, pulls us, entreats us every day in ways we are often blind to. In ways we cannot see. This world that we see with our eyes. Our everyday world and our everyday eyes. It isn't a hair's breadth of what matters. Not a jot. Not one iota. No thing matters. matters. Do not love the world or the things in the world. The love of the Father is not in those who love the world. For all that is in the world, the desire of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the pride in riches, comes not from God but from the world. And the world and its desire are passing away. But those who deal the will of God, they live forever. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what is seen? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And isn't it a form of prayer to hope for what we do not see? When I was 17, that's a bit ago, I had bright red hair, I wore purple clothes, and I rode a motorcycle. And for those of you 
who don't seem too surprised by this, all I can say is I'll speak with you later. Uh, I had dropped out of high school. I didn't always practice great self-care, and some of my friends were, well, probably not who your mother would want for dinner. Uh, You get the picture. Those were my difficult years, and many of us have them. But, But here's the point. Here's the point. I know now, without a doubt, that what carried me through those years besides time and luck, were the prayers of my grandmother. Oh, she could pray. And not only could she pray, but she did pray. She prayed when she got up in the morning. She prayed over her food. She prayed when anything of concern or joy uh, met her ears during the day. She prayed at night on her knees beside the bed and until her hip surgery prevented that, and then she just prayed in the bed. She prayed... For her granddaughter, who was struggling and whom she loved. She prayed for every one of her family members, whether they wanted her to or not. She prayed for this whole crazy world. And if, if perhaps some of her prayers might have raised an eyebrow or two among her unchurched or differently churched family or friends, well, that was okay, too. Because she prayed from love. Okay, maybe an imperfect love, maybe sometimes a judgmental love, but... But it was love, and aren't we all limited? It was love without a doubt. So here we are today, a prayerful community. And do I ever know that? Growing in faith, love, health, and service, and each one of us in this room throughout our lives has been blessed by the prayers of others. Some of those prayers we may have been aware of. But others, and I guarantee this, other prayers from people and places we didn't even know and couldn't even have imagined carried us, lifted us, guided us to even this very moment. I guarantee it. And so who are the people who have prayed over you in your life? There might be some surprises there if only you knew it. And who, who, are, who are the people you have prayed for who might not have known it? And aren't those prayers, those, those invisible streams of living faith, what truly unite us no matter who or where we are? And isn't that part of what creates the body of Christ? And here's another thing that I guarantee Those prayers, they don't stop when someone dies. No. If anything, they grow stronger and more powerful and more perfectly loving than ever before. When our loved ones die, when they are united with Christ, seeing with his eyes all our tears and pains and struggles, bleeding with his heart for us, hoping with his hope, Offering his peace. And isn't it Christ who broke through the veil of suffering to show us God's kingdom, to give us a glimpse? And isn't that kingdom really here and now, within and without us, an invisible world that can only be seen with the eyes of the heart, living and breathing among us 
in true witness to the power and possibilities that Christ offers. Today's text from Revelation describes the throng of the redeemed and circling the throne and praising God. Um, Revelation is one of the more puzzling books from Scripture, but this this picture is a well-loved and often read one. And yet still, I think for many of us, this type of heavenly vision can feel a bit out of our grasp, not quite real. I mean, after all, we're not visionary mystics enthralled with the glory of God, or are we? Or are we? I would challenge that a little bit. Because every time I sit with someone who is mourning, I just hear the most beautiful insights and experiences that have come as part of their journey after a death with the pain and the struggles. There always seems to come something more, almost ineffable, hard to put into words, but, but something. And, and as we walk through that, with God's help, we walk through that in-between place, maybe the place where our prayers come from, maybe the place where our prayers go to. But as we do walk our own understanding of life and love and, and things unseen deepens. I, uh, years ago, so long ago that I don't remember, uh, even where I got this, I read an excerpt from a story that I clipped out because it just resonated with me. And I want to share that um, today. It's a bit long, but I think that's okay. Um, because I think it, it paints a picture of a glimpse of that vision, that revelatory vision. It, it just resonated for me. Um, and I know not every death is like this death. It's a story of a the author was relating his grandfather's death. I know this is, this is just one death, but it spoke to me, and so I, I hope it speaks to you, too. Grandfather's spiritual presence in those last days was, if anything, larger and more imposing than his immense physical presence. He lay under the blanket like a felled oak, and yet something else breathed in the room with him, a deep and strange sense of peace. I must have been daydreaming when one of the old women tending him said, They're here. And I turned to see what she meant. Her face was lifted and her hand held up as if to say, Hush. And I, I had the sense then of a, a door opening letting in with it a thousand shifting sighs. And I seemed to see, emerging from shadows, as under an artist's brush, faces, beaming, smiling, hands wrung in prayer, all gathering with a reverent tenderness and an overwhelming love. In fact, if there were one thing that I could name that seemed to enter the room just then, it was that. Love. Grandfather's breathing slowed, and, and the space between breaths grew longer, and all their arms seemed to reach toward him, rising and falling with the tide of his breath, reaching closer as he exhaled and receding again as he inhaled once more, waiting to catch him 
when at last he gave over. It was a birthing. I, I saw that now. A birthing into the love we all yearn for in our earthly time. And the saints were there to catch him. And then in one silent moment, he slipped into their arms. Simple. Just like that. From our world to theirs. No longer here, but not yet gone. The love that had entered the room shimmered and glowed like the edge of the night sky at dawn. And I thought I could hear him laughing, that big, raucous laugh that he used to have before his lungs grew stones. And and somehow I felt I wanted to laugh too, but it, it wasn't time for that. Not yet. So I held still and listened to the ebbing sighs of happiness now and felt as if I too had ebbed away into that far unknown. But it wasn't time for that yet either. Will you pray with me? God, in our fullness and our emptiness, our inhaling and our exhaling, our birthing and our dying, we cry to you, we cry to you. Lord, hear our cries. And in your love for us, grant us your peace. All this we ask in the name of Christ. Amen.